Danny, Are You Okay, a podcast dedicated to disc golf and other things. I'm Alex, and I'm joined here with Josh. Hey, how's everybody doing today? I know you're thinking, Annie, are you okay? Do these guys like Michael Jackson too much? No. This is not a Michael Jackson reference. It, it in, in no way is attached to that copyrighted item. We're talking about a shortened, abbreviated, if you will, uh, name for Anheuser. If you're wondering why you're hearing some background noises on this, uh, we happen to be recording this outside. Uh, we happen to live in sunny Florida. It's a great day outside, 70 degrees, I think. And uh, so we decided to go ahead and do it outside. outside. Yeah. I mean, looking at my phone right now in Denver, it's 21 degrees. Can't do a podcast outside there unless you're batshit crazy. No. And if it's a sunny day... You'd probably be, you know, out playing disc golf. Whereas yeah. we could do that, you know, any, any day. day. <laughs> what do you mean off season? <laughs> we don't have no off season here. You guys stop playing part of the year? Weird. So, Alex, tell me, why, Annie, are you okay? Well, Annie, uh, if you don't know what an Anheuser is, that can be known as like an S turn or a turnover shot. Not a There's, flex shot. No, not a flex shot. Unless you've never seen a sport, because it kind of they all kind of <laughs> look the fucking same. It's just dependent upon how you throw them. Anyways, if you play disc golf like we do, yes, and you throw Anheuser's like Sometimes. we do, yeah, you'll know that feeling of throwing it and hoping it's going to turn over at just the right moment. You know, follow that line that you saw in your head. It, so, it has great distance. Sometimes it can be chancy, so it's, you know. Right. You're throwing it. It's going out over the line that you're expecting. It's holding. And, okay. Sometimes it's you got to be a hold, hold, hold. Practically praying, man. Exactly. But, I mean, here's here's why it's longer, and and here's why it turns over. You're, you're throwing the disc against the turn that it wants to naturally do, right? So it... it as it's spinning, it's holding that line, that hold, you know, the that we were just talking about. And are you okay? It holds that line, but as soon as it stops spinning and it starts gliding or its speed slows down, that's when it starts to turn on its natural line, which is the upper curve of the S. It comes back. It fights against the angle. It comes back. So, I mean... There's all different ways to throw an Annie. And, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. We can't all be Nicolo Castro. No. Nope. He's amazing with the... Uh, yeah. Those, and wasn't uh, Philo's uh, Albatross with a... Uh, with an Annie? I yeah. think it was. Fantastic. Those were okay Annies. <laughs> Annie, you okay? Exactly. You're goddamn right it is. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Which, for those of us who aren't Philo Braithwaite or Nicolo Castro, it's not reliable. Sometimes it takes the line we want, and it's okay. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's not okay. And that's what this podcast is going to be. Sometimes we're going to be right on target, talking about the right things. and All about disc golf. Sometimes, because we have a dark sense of humor. And we also have creative minds. It won't be okay. So it could be okay. It might just be a little off target, off the chain, so to speak. We are in no way associated with any of the opinions that are said here, um, or whatever that disclaimer is. That you know, 
Yeah, yeah. We didn't say it. Even though we said it, we didn't say it. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. called humor. Exactly. So speaking of Anheusers, I'm kind of shocked that Rip Revenge doesn't actually have a card that says force an opponent to throw an Anheuser. Mm. There's a lot of cards in there. Like, you know, it's... They, they do it by There's the 52 suits. cards, and there's not a lot of uh, duplicates. I mean, while there is a lot of duplicates, over 50%, they're similar, but not the same. Yes. Uh, every card has an action that can be played against other players uh, on your card. This is going to get confusing, because we're saying card like the four people that are playing the game, but also card like the cards that we're giving out. So, so yeah, so at the beginning of the game, you're given two cards each. Three. Three cards each. Everybody's given three cards each. The rules are you can only play one card per player per hole. You yourself could play multiple cards. You just can't play it only on the same person. Yeah. So then you can't just screw over somebody as much as you might want to. And you couldn't have three people all play a card on one person. Yeah. Yeah, the only time it fully duplicates itself is on cancel cards. And there's two types of cancel cards. The one cancel card is, after the throw, cancel any card just played. Let's see, it's the nines and the queens. Okay. Let me read this off to you guys. Here you go, Josh. Okay. Get the other one up. No way. This is an after card. Cancel any card just played. That card goes back into the game deck and shuffle the deck. Well, okay, so the, it's cancel any card that was just played. So, yeah, after the card. And then this one is after the shot, which is nine. Okay, cancel shot. Cancel any shot just taken by an opponent. That opponent must throw again using a different disc of his or her choice. No extra sh- stroke is counted for the new throw, which is good. Right. Because while you're, ha- you're handing out strokes, it doesn't make the skin play very fair. So as far as the cancel cards, those four nines and four queens... Those two types of cancels, there are four of them each. Those are the only ones that duplicate over as far as exactly. And then outside of that... You have varieties. Like, um, I think all the twos are forcing a type of throw. Roll it out, sidearm, tomahawk, Tomahawk, and thumber. Those are the twos. Yeah. Now, if you get into... there's, I think it's the sixes. It's Well, here's the thing. We don't want to break down the whole card deck for you. Let's just say... There's a lot of really cool things and irritating things. There's the heckle card. I happen to like the heckle card. I don't like the heckle card. You can see a video, actually, of me not liking the heckle card and Josh playing it. Well, when I put the video on our Instagram account, which is uh, gddiscgolf.com? Gddiscgolf. No, it's just GD... gddiscgolf. Yeah, right. so... the. It's GDDG, but we had to put up GD Disc Golf on Instagram. Either way, you'll see a lot of really cool stuff if you go there. Mostly disc golf. Yeah, it's GD Disc underscore golf. GD Disc underscore golf. Man, that just flows off the mouse. (laughs) (laughs) So natural. But if Uh, you look up GDDG, it will come up. Right, if you go hashtag GDDG, you can see we put that in a lot of our videos. Most of them, not all of them, because inconsistency is just <clears throat> part Thankfully, of the human structure. so many other people have also used structure. it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, GD Disc Golf. If you look up GDDG, you'll see our logo for GD Disc Golf. And uh, you will be able to find the video on there. So Of me hating him playing the heckle card. Yes. 
At some point, I will. He did put play it well, though. I, I, I got. I have to admit, you know. And the unfortunate part is that I heckled you for like a lot. Like while he was picking out his disc, I was heckling him. What, what said? What, what, uh, what, what disc are you picking? I mean, not that it matters. You're gonna fucking mess this shut up anyway. <laughs> you always do. And he's giving me this look, like, dude, where the fuck did this come from? Because see, I'm normally I'm a nice. Uh, no, that's not, not true. That was pretty normal. He was just over the top. Oh, right, over the top, like enough so that he became suspicious. I saw it in his eyes once or twice, and then he threw, and you can see kind of some of that. Look at that weak ass form, right? <laughs> and like he knew as soon as he shanked his shot because of my heckling, he turned uh, around and he was like, "Fucking heckle card!" I knew it. Fuck you. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so that's that's a pretty good card. I mean, I it, we have used it before. I, I, there's another video, I believe, where you can see where it was played a week ago. Against Carrie played it on you, me. and you threw a brilliant shot on hole four at GT. I don't think there was a film of that, but man, his heckling worked out. It was like I was gonna shank my shot, and he scared me because he like barked or did something. He said, "Look at that dog," or right, something like that, right, when he right threw. as it was coming out of my hand, and I I like flinched. But it was like it flinched me into position <laughs> for this great throw. It was beautiful. It really was yeah. a beautiful shot. Uh, my personal favorite, trade lies with someone. Oh. It's got to be the perfect condition, though. Someone has to just absolutely park it next to the basket, and you have to just shank your throw. And you look, and you're like, God dang, if only I could be that guy. Wait a minute. I can be. I've got a card. So you might Ooh. play that card, and maybe they decide to play a cancel card on you. So that throw that you threw, you know, you're going with this idea that you're going to switch your lie. In in the strategy of it all, Whoa. don't purposely shank your shot into a really shitty spot, because you might end up with that cancel card, and then you're screwed with your lie. So uh, disclaimer here, you, no one should ever fuck up their shot. Like, honestly, the goal of disc golf is to throw better, so you should be throwing your absolute best at every shot. However, under perfect circumstances, when you do accidentally grip lock <laughs> right after your buddy parks it into a tree 50 paces to the left, make sure he doesn't have a cancel card or it'll backfire. Exactly. Now, there are other cancel cards where you can force the person who played the card on you to then take whatever penalty they've played on you themselves. Yeah. So it's like a reversal. That doesn't work so good with the trading of the, huh, I'm going to play this and we're going to trade the cards back. It doesn't work that way. But if someone forces you to throw a thumber, you can make them throw the thumber if you have the card. Yeah. Two of the cards that I really like are the Jokers. There's two of them. They subtract one skin or... Add one skin. There's the super luck and the super bad luck. One of them adds a skin. Oh, one of them subtracts a skin. I didn't notice skin. that. One's that good luck sucks. and one's bad I mean, luck. That's great. It sucks. Life Joke is balance. So it's a really fun game. However, it's going to take longer than a quicker paced game. That, I mean, obviously. yeah. You've got to at least count that they're going to have, you know, at least an extra hour of play. At least an extra hour. Because... When it comes down to it, like some of the, some of the ones are, you know, cancel your throw, and you might throw this beautiful throw, and sometimes you might have, you know, a real asshole in your party, and you walk all the way up to this throw to notice how beautiful it is, and then they'll play the ah, you're gonna have to walk back to the tee and throw it again. Yeah, that and, just takes time, and that throws your whole game off. 
and you you shank it. And really, the whole strategy of the game is to sabotage everyone else's game. So no one's going to be flying through the course having the game of their life, except that it's going to be a lot of fun. You're going to laugh a lot. You might cry a little bit in the car driving home, like, why couldn't I make that jump putt? Not that, not that I did that. But you Cause, did. Because, no, I made my jump putt. You, didn't make, you made the jump putt, but you didn't make the putt. Yeah. I also didn't cry. <laughs> Not that we know. You were in the car. I was there. You just said it. Fine. Fine. <laughs> I cried. This guff makes me cry inside. Which reminds me of something that you told me recently um, that I loved. That Nate Sexton said. He says he sits up at night wondering, why, why are trees? trees? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, I thought I I'd give that. it a try. I thought I would sit up last night and think... Why, why are, are trees? trees? And I figured it out. Yeah? Why Oxygen. are trees? No. No. Because they are. That's it. No, no. They could be farming us. I've heard that. Be farming us? Farming us. Right. Farming people? Fe- yes, feeding us oxygen, slowly breaking down our, our body, aging us until we die and turn into their food. Trees? Trees. Well, aren't we doing that already? No, we're getting back at them by cutting them down. That that was the that was the fault the in their plans. You mean how we take their bodies and form them into boxes that we wrap around our bodies? <laughs> and we let their roots take us over. Yes. What listen, say the whole thing. Yo, why are trees? Because they are. I mean, it's like ham and jelly. It just goes together perfectly. <laughs> Ah, like bacon and peanut butter. Well, so true. Hmm. Bacon and peanut Fucking anything with bacon yeah. or peanut butter. I mean, have you ever had salmon just slathered in peanut butter? <laughs> oh, so scrumptious. Scrum diddly umptious. Yep, yep. Exactly. Uh, although, you know what? I, I went to this place called the 420 Cafe where um, they stay open. Until four twenty, oh, no, till no. four twenty in the morning, right? Ah, um, so they, close. I don't know why, but they like really like that number. Like, there's the four twenty burger, and like you know, maybe it's like a highway yeah, next to where they, they had like it. Uh, burgers with fries on it, with like yeah. a chicken, right? You could get like did, um, all right. macaroni and cheese, the, all like, the, this late these layers. Like, who could ever be that hungry? Like, imagine if you just went into a bar where they had all kinds of different... Imagine if you went to, like, the best Super Bowl party layout that you could find. It's got mozzarella sticks and chicken fingers and tacos and nachos, and you just scraped all that shit into a bun and threw uh-huh. a burger in there, right? That's that's what most of their sandwiches are. Okay. But they have this one thing. I forget what it's called, but it's a, it's a peanut... It's a peanut butter burger. They take a burger, fry it up real nice, and then they slather it. I mean, like, slather it in peanut butter. And then they put, like, the lettuce and the tomato, the onions, and the mustard and mayonnaise, and all the, all the fixings, right? And pickles and shit. No cheese. Mm-hmm. But the peanut butter just, I don't know, it just pops the whole thing. It's amazing. Interesting. <sighs> So if you guys are ever somewhere that has a 420 Munchies Cafe, I recommend going. Yeah. Speaking of survival of the fittest, Paul Macbeth runs in the middle of the night. Yeah. That's not healthy. Why is that not healthy? Well, he should be sleeping. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I get that. I think he, yeah. I I agree. 
you get your endorsement. I'm like, I was when I, I saw that video with Simon and them, and Simon's yeah. like, when I'm asleep in the middle of the night, Paul's up running. I couldn't decide if that was early morning. Like, does Paul just get up at 4 a.m. and start running and do his workout then? Or is or, he up doing, like, Adderall all night and he can't fall asleep, so he's running? Yeah, but, I mean, even if you weren't, like, doing Adderall, it's like, why would you get endorphins pumping through your, your body? Like how, how you Nothing get makes sleep? it harder to sleep than being fully awake when you go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> On to other things. <laughs> All right. So back to yeah, back to the big beast. Yeah. So we were talking about the differences between what makes somebody great and what makes an average disc golfer, and that one of the biggest differences is depth. You know, um, perception. Yeah, depth perception. The ability to see correctly. Exactly, <laughs> correctly, essentially, yeah. exactly your depth. I mean, you know, it's it's how you see far Paul is the dude, disc he drops go? that thing almost at the pin every time. Me, I can make that same throw, and it's like twenty feet off, and I still think it's at the pin. <laughs> oh yeah, no kidding. There's times when the disc, and I'm like, it's in the chains, and I'm like five feet behind the basket. I'm like, fuck, it yeah. looked like it was going in. How did that? There's a video online that I put on Instagram, GDDG. Uh, GD Disc Golf, if you're looking for us on the IG. But I put a video up there where I throw uh, Nova between the trees. But it goes between the trees, and I swear to God, in the video, it looks like it goes into the basket and out the bottom of the basket. Now, I know it didn't do that. And videos aren't very good with depth perception anyways. But I think I'd agree. That's, that's what you're talking about. Yeah. When you think it's going in, because your depth perception is somehow less than perfect, no matter how mechanically apt you are, it's not going to go in. Yeah. Or even think of some of the, you know, the crazy bombing shots that Simon does. Like, you know, some of, even some of the really crazy shots he does, he looks up and he can tell, he's like, all right, well, this is going to go like this and it's going to flip over like a roller and, and then it's going to fly out here and land here. That's depth. You can, you can tell where that shot is going. While I 100% agree with you, do you think anyone listening to this saw what you were doing with your hands? <laughs> yeah, so that's a good point. So he was, so what he was well, illustrating, we'll is, uh, rather... We'll, we'll go, I'll, I'll put links inside the, the uh, comments that'll yeah. lead, lead you to these things that we're referencing. Because during, during a Skins game, Simon Lazard threw an Anheuser that was just ungodly. And to be able to, like, even the other professional disc golf players that were out there with him were like, what is he doing? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like, no one can do that. What is he? Big Jerem was like, I'm just out of words. Out of words. No, after they saw it work, but before he threw it, they're like, why is he pointed in that direction? The basket's the other way. Like, and, yeah. and he puts it up on a roller angle, and he's like, hmm, yeah, roller angle. Yeah, this should work. And they're like, what the fuck is he doing? And he throws, and they're like, yeah, it's not good. He, he knows he's not going to get the skin. That's never going to make Oh, my God. Is it going to make And then it starts turning over, and like, it's going to make it. Oh, my God. How did he know? It's insane. insane. But you have to be able to visualize and uh, have good spatial intelligence yeah, yeah. to, be, to know, to know that, how yeah. to do that. Yeah, absolutely. But I think that's different than putting. But see, I wonder also, though, is, it, is their depth actually developed? Is that something that you just developed with massive you know, practice? I mean... You know, kind of the the point of where we got to this was talking about how Paul ends up on the treadmill either early in the morning or late at night, but exercising at times when most people don't. Or, or, or it was a video that they shot while they were drinking and they thought it'd be funny to say, hey, look, Paul works so hard, he's working when everybody else is asleep. It's great, but does he really? 
You know, that's fair. I mean, he's an athlete, and he takes being an athlete very seriously. I mean, we've he seen other videos about, though where they've said like, you know, they're at tournaments or stuff. They're in the hotel or something. And they wake up and they can hear chains going and look out the window and see Paul just. But that's early morning rising. I can understand that if he gets up at four thirty, but he gets for up before everybody else. That's that's my point. Right. It's like if he's getting up before everybody else and he's putting in that extra work, is his is his depth perception better because he's been practicing it and zeroing it in more than others have? Can our depth perception be <clears> that <throat> good if we decide to put in the same type of work that Paul Macbeth puts in? If we started when he did, sure. But you got to think about this too. His eyes have been trained from an early age. He was a baseball player, yeah. Uh, that's so true. his depth perception on a much yeah. smaller object, a much smaller target, moving at well, I can't necessarily say a faster speed, but a lot faster than I can throw a disc. It's a smaller target, and it's moving fast. And he's that, that's the thing. He's an athlete. What sets Michael Jordan apart? What sets Tony Hawk apart? What sets Jimi Hendrix apart? These guys that we consider the greatest are the greatest because they put in 5,000 hours when everybody else put in 500. You know what I mean? Yeah. And obviously they put in way more than that, but that's it's an example. Yeah. No, I get that. So, the big news of the hour in disc golf. Brody uh, Smith. That's right. Brody Smith. Brody Smith, that 21. popular athlete uh, in the ultimate community. I believe he said he would won two, two titles in uh in collegiate nationals and then after that won another two titles at like national level he also said he was going to learn how to play golf and became a scratch player in two years yeah yeah that's that's very impressive impressive competitive um he's very stays up on his social media i mean he's he's a busy dude but yeah he's i mean it's 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 a smart play as far as a disc golf company goes you know he's got two million Mm -hmm. Subscribers on YouTube. So anything they Something. need to put out, he puts out on his platform, and more people than most of the disc golf community combined would be able to reach. He's going to reach. He's going to reach people that just like his dude perfect stuff because it's cool to watch. Yeah, exactly. They yeah. don't even throw frisbees, or they don't play ultimate, or they don't play disc golf, but they still follow Brody Smith because Dude Perfect makes some cool videos. Exactly. Yeah. Now a big question, at least I think, is why hasn't this happened in the past? He's been... You mean, like, why didn't they get Rob Deerdeck to play disc golf? Or? No, I mean, like, Brody Smith hasn't been doing Ultimate for a while. He said he blew out his knees, like, three times. And since that point, he's been looking for his next big sport, the next thing that he can put his heart into and oh. be competitive at. So, like, why didn't he start playing disc golf sooner? Yeah, why didn't some? Why didn't Innova go out there and uh, pick him up? Like, why Why didn't... so? And, and I'm not really sure how he got involved with, you know, Paul and Simon. He's been doing things with Paul and Simon for a while. And Paul he, Simon, the musician? Yeah, yeah. Damn. Yeah, he he is the bridge over those two troubled waters. <laughs> <laughs> One could even say, like, California and Germany. <laughs> like, yes. Like a bridge that went between those two, Paul yes. Simon. That's right. Brody is the bridge. <clears throat> Brody is the bridge. Boom. Okay, mystery solved. There we go. Now we know why. Uh, All right, um, yeah, that's why the signing happened. Bridge over troubled waters. Exactly. They were like, Paul and Simon (laughs) are just killing it. I don't know where this is going, but... um, So, yeah, back to the the topic. So, uh, bro, so I have this this 
theory. Odd theory, yeah. It's it's so, so I, I I remember seeing videos of when Paul was saying that he was learning about disc golf. He liked to go out onto the course because he could be there by himself, learn about it. In a very you know, in a, there's a very solitary way to connect with himself and get good at the sport. Good boy, and I, connect with himself, did he? Yeah, and I know, but he. I also know well, that he also did he baseball. Extremely but, dedicated. You know, I, I yes, he is dedicated. But he's also, uh, for being the top guy in the sport, like he's popular as the top guy in the sport. But he's but not he's, the coolest. He's not the coolest. I mean, Brody, man. Now, Brody's cool. And he and Brody have just been doing some cool stuff together lately. And, and sometimes I look in the video and I'm like, he's kind of like Myron, that guy. You know, it's it's this... Uh, so he's, he's like both bringing him under his wing and going under Brody's wing at the same time, like a... Yeah, like a social type of way. Yeah, like different. They're they're benefiting each other. It's symbiotic. Is it is symbiotic. Well, here's but the I thing. Paul it's is, not, but I, yeah. Paul is just so serious. He's a serious disc golfer. He he wants the upper echelon of disc golf to be harder to get into. He wants people to embody the true spirit of an athlete. You know, the people that get up and, and go running and the people that lift weights and train and have kinesthesiologists to teach them how to walk and they have swing coaches, right? Like disc golf doesn't have swing coaches, but they need swing coaches. I don't and, know. Do they not? I mean, they got disc golf strong. Does disc golf strong not ever work on that? But that's one guy. I mean, like if you Are there look not at other it, like Simon's got his his. No, there's not really many other people like that. Like here's the thing, even though I would love uh, to hear from some of you pros about what you have, who like you know, do for your workout regimens. Are this is there? I, yeah. Specialty, you know, do you do you specialists that are specific to disc golf outside are there of you know, disc, disc golf, golf and swing coaches? I know there's golf swing coaches, right? Yeah. You know, but are there disc golf swing coaches? And if there were, how many professionals do you think would use them? You know, I feel that Paul McBeth would. But here's the thing: this is what I was trying to say. I got a little off topic there. Paul McBeth is super serious, and he doesn't have that killer personality when he's on screen. Right? He's serious. You can see it. It's the eye of the tiger, the eye of the warrior, but he's not engaging when it comes to like Simon level. Right? Yes. Simon is self deprecating. He throws, he, he puts too much spin and fuck, falls down, sits down next to the crowd and watches his disc fly. Like he's fun. Yes. He's not the best. He's way better than most, but Paul Macbeth, I mean, here's the thing. Everybody is really good at certain things, but you're right. Paul Macbeth doesn't have that charismatic personality that Simon has yeah, or that Brody has. And Bro, Yeah, Brody's is doubly more so. And personally, given the option to hang out with either Brody Smith or Simon Lazat, I feel like I would vibe better with Simon Lazat. Well, like, okay, Brody how about Smith this, is though? Highly if, you competitive. Had the, if you if you Would you rather hang out with Brody or Paul? Paul, all day. Absolutely. I think I'd have more fun with Brody. You might have more fun with Brody, but I would love to hang out with Paul just, just if, to like. What if you couldn't play him... disc golf? What if you couldn't even talk about disc golf? Couldn't even talk about disc golf? Couldn't play disc golf? What kind of third world prison shit is this? Like, <laughs> here you go, meet your hero, but it comes with these stipulations. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I mean, like, so. Paul, if you're listening, I want to meet you, but not under whatever circumstances this guy's saying. You're not allowed to talk about disc golf, Paul. That's as bad for him golf. as it would be for me. It might be doubly hard for him. He's like, are you kidding me? i got to get eight more world championship rings. I can't but just practice before not... you hang out with Josh. Just practice first, then meet up with him for some coffee. Have you ever And talk talked? about anything Have you ever outside of disc golf. To me? I'm... And then leave and go play some more. 
Don't let Josh Josh join it. Yeah, you don't want to. That's that's awful. <laughs> no, okay, I'm kidding. You can. Here's the thing. You know how awkward that would be. Like we both be sitting there, like, well, this well, disc golf is literally like ninety percent of what I talk about every day, anyways. I have nothing else to talk. Hey, did you watch Game of Thrones? Yeah, it was good. Ended poorly. Yeah, it ended poorly. <laughs> All right. So uh, you watch the Super Bowl? No, no. Yeah, me, me either. Do you, uh, do you eat? Yeah. Any places to eat around here? Any close to the core? I can't say that. <laughs> What's your favorite core entree in the area? Yeah. Yeah. Brody Smith would be fun to hang out with, but he's highly competitive. And like, I'm not. So that type of individual, even though Paul is highly competitive. I was going to say Paul is highly competitive as well. But I would benefit more from hanging out with Paul and his highly competitiveness in his ability to. He's the greatest. He's he's going to be the best coach. He's going to oh, see I all agree. the flaws. I would love to. And I'm not have saying that me. that Simon wouldn't, but like I could hang out with Simon. I feel and not talk about disc golf, play disc golf. All right. So if it was like, say, well, like you I were mean, going, like if you told me, his, say you were going to a music festival as a group. Paul was one person in this group going this way at this music festival, and Brody was in a group going another way in the music festival, and you were there. Oh, I see what you're doing. And huh? Because then you're not like, you know, you're in you a situation. You can't really talk about Frisbee golf. I, you're telling me I can't throw a destroyer in the middle of a crowd and then be like, Paul, Paul, do it too. <laughs> right? <laughs> Three people in the hospital, two discs. <laughs> I didn't yes. realize when he hit that one kid in the head, it was going to keep spinning and hit the another one. kid in the head. But it was incredible. Bank shot. Bank <laughs> shot. I don't know. Brody would probably be proud of that one, too. Brody, would, Brody, would, Brody would be more likely to throw discs at a concert with me, I think. And yes, of course, that's true. He probably would be. To the people listening, please understand that we have never met these people in our lives. This is just based off of what we think of their social media presence, because that's really all we know about them. And Brody went to the University of Florida. That's a party school. Which we happen to be in Florida. (laughs) Yes. Man, there's like six degrees of... Separation. Anxiety between everything. (laughs) There's six degrees of anxiety between everything. (laughs) Separation Ah! anxiety. (laughs) So more news. Tour has started. 2019, or I'm sorry, 2020 tour has started. It did start in January. Um, the majority of the people, it seems like, are going to be starting off at the Las Vegas Challenge. Uh, of the people so far that have done something, uh, the very first one was... You mean have already played tournaments? This have year? already started, yeah, have already played a tournament. Like, I saw a post that Final? Paul was oh, leaving yes. today for L.A. to start a tournament. He's going to start his season early. I read the same article. Paul's going to start early. He's going to finish early. It's, and he is going to finish early too, huh? That's well. That's what the title said. I didn't actually read the article. You know, well prepared and everything. <laughs> well, the very first. Uh, so the very first one it looks like was in Shelly Sharp Memorial, January tenth. And out of those people, Drew Gibson came in second. Adam uh, Hammes came in first. Uh, Joshua, Joshua Anton, Anton, Terry the Brothlesberger. Those were the top four. Other uh, people Tanner. that had started were. Or started the season earlier, Anthony Barella. Um, Max Nichols. Oh, Joshua Johnson, one of my favorites. Ah, uh, yeah. I like anybody named Joshua. <laughs> Joshua Anton. <laughs> oh, but that guy can throw, man. He I'm does after have that. Oh, yeah, maybe I shouldn't talk about his... <laughs> yes, no. <laughs> no. No, he can throw. He can throw, he can throw throws. Throws. 
Then I can't. Then the next one was this. The next major one was this Samurai Swine Classic in Thailand. Philo, Nico, and and a guy Devin Owens, top three in that. Chang Ho Young. Start this one. Yeah, Chang Ho Young was, was also there. Sixth. And Mariko. Marco. Oh, God, I can't read from over here. Mustacita. Oh, awesome. Came in seventh. Came in seventh. Thailand. Now, that to me is amazing. Like, you think Sweden, disc golf, you know, maybe some Italy disc golf, Thailand disc golf? That's amazing. Like, this sport is growing. It's actually pretty big, I think, because I uh, a couple of people from Thailand, some guy in Thailand who does tours of disc golf, friend requested me on Facebook. No kidding. Yeah. I mean... Thailand has a lot of things. And I think there's actually a few... Uh, there might Last year's Samurai Classic, I believe, is filmed. It was pretty cool, actually. Interesting to see all the palm trees, kind of like down here in Florida. Yeah, but I was just even wondering. Even more tropical. Like, what, what kind of... Like, is it... A, do you have to worry about, like, a banana leaf hitting your disc? Like... You probably do. Yeah. Probably do. I have never been to Thailand. Neither have I. So we got some uh, wintertime opens. The yeah, the next... This one, annual. this weekend... Is the uh, 42nd annual Wintertime Open. Joshua Anton is playing. Yeah. Caleb Visca, Garrett Gerthy. Garrett Gerthy, another Florida guy. Adam Hammes on there, yeah. of course. Seppo starting a season off on this one. Seppo, the butteriest, smoothest freaking disc golfer. Yeah. Other He's good ones. Colt Montgomery and an Austin Hoop. Terry Roethlisberger out there. Nate Perkins killing yeah, Nate it. Nate Perkins is starting on this one. All right. Going to have a, a pretty good turnout. Good start to the season. The one that people are actually really starting on is the Las Vegas the Challenge. The Las Vegas Challenge. That Coming seems to February be... February 21st. Usually the first game of the season. Yeah, it's the first NT, National Tour. PDGA, NT. No. Paul McBeth, Eagle Man, Ricky Uesaki, Calvin Heinberg. Sepp Upaju again, Simon Lazat, Nathan Sexton, James Conrad with his hair. Yeah. Joshua Anton, again. <laughs> He's out there playing. Kevin Jones, Paul Ulibarri. So it KJ looks like. KJ USA. Looks like uh, Seppo and. Uh, oh, look at that. Joshua Anthon. Greg Barsby is playing. playing. Just about everything. Greg yeah. Barsby does a lot of European stuff. He comes out for the big games here in, in, in America. Yeah. But here he is, first game, Las Vegas Challenge. That's a, that's not a very wooded course. The Las Vegas Challenge is over a golf course, if I'm not mistaken. Lots of that's wide true. open shots, not a lot of inside the tree shots. Yeah. Still very challenging. Yeah, a lot of the baskets are like right on the edge of water yeah. or someplace that it's... You know, right right in front of a sand trap so you can't like slide up to the basket. Yeah, and then they'll have like the sand trap as hazard or a penalty to where penalty, you have to re-throw yeah. again. Oh. Rough. Rough, challenging, great start. But unfortunately, no one. one's going to be able to see the game because whatever happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. <laughs> or so I've been told. <laughs> Horrible place to start the fur of the season, guys. Yeah. Somebody always has to bootleg it out. Usually the Jomez crew, those guys are great. Yeah. They're like, no, it wasn't technically in Vegas because the Vegas police come like, you know the law. What stays in Vegas stays in Vegas. They're happening, you know, the, the thing. <laughs> As far as the uh, FPO goes, the only person who's who's uh, you know of of name recognition kind of right now, Kona Panis. Yeah, but she's gonna be doing the Wintertime Open. Outside of that, everybody else is starting off at uh, Las Vegas 
Oh, oh yeah. Hannah Macbeth won't, won't be there. No. On your singer. Hannah Macbeth. You know, she's people give her a lot of guff. Oh, she she just rode in on her husband's coattails, but you know She's like, actually highly rated. Yeah, and if you think about it, like it's not like she met him at the mall and then started playing disc golf like they met. Yes, exactly. Playing disc golf. That's something that she does. She's a disc golfer. She's not like, oh, let me jump on the bandwagon because this guy really like does it. Like she was doing it before she met Paul. Yeah. I mean she's a nine oh three rated player. That's good. Oh yeah, it's good. I mean Paige Pierce. She's 9.46, I think. No, 9.67. 9.67. Paige Pierce is amazing. Man, did you see her uh, uh, profiled yeah. thing on Joe Mez? I have not seen that you yet, know, actually. She talks a lot about how her dad just put all of his time and focus into her. Yeah. Growing up. Like, you know, he didn't really want to pressure her. She came out and played with him. He liked playing. She she found that she really liked it. She was out there playing, and she even had a um, an idol, a female disc golfer that she looked up to that had broken a record for distance. Yeah. Um, and it was like 400 feet. Who is that? You know? I'd be a whole lot better at this if I did, but no. Um, <laughs> they say it, They say if you go to Joe Mez. Uh, they say if you go to YouTube, Joe Mez, you can find if you go to Joe Mez. <laughs> Legend has it, Joe Mez on YouTube has I saw on YouTube videos. that if you went to Joe Mez on YouTube... The internet's got everything, right? Like, how do I find Joe Mez? And they're like, fucking go to YouTube, dumbass. Like, well, how do you spell that? Like, me tube or like YouTube? Anyway. Like, my tube? I got that clip. Anyway. <laughs> Anyhow. That's your tube. Paige I just Pierce. Wanted to fix you there. Profile. She, she admired this girl who could throw 400 feet. So her dad marked out this tree. 400 and like 25 feet away or 400 feet away. Yeah. And she would come home from school, finish her chores and whatnot, and she would throw at that tree. Yeah. And she just threw and threw and threw because she knew if I can throw, her and her dad both knew, if I can throw past that tree, I can I can go and, and break this record. That's what she wanted to do. And she did. And she ended up meeting her uh, idol. Yeah. She broke a record. That's my Paige Pierce. Paige Pierce is something else. And she, yeah. She has an incredible pro. I mean, if you think about and it. And she's now on Discraft. That was the other big news. Paige Pierce to Discraft. Discraft with the, the big two. Yeah, they got the, the best MPO and the best FPO. Yeah, and they're really putting arguably, in the effort. To, arguably. Yes, arguably. Like, and like we've said before. The defending best players. Everybody has different talents. How about the most highest rated MPO in their field? and FPO? Yes. Is Paul the highest rated? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's not really hesitation. They're like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. My question, this is what I want to know. This season, is Paul McBeth going to get another 18 under, but this time is he going to do it birdieing every hole? Is he going to not get an eagle and not get a bogey or a par? He didn't get a bogey. Par. I think he will. did it. Oddly enough, I, he's he's talked a lot about that new uh, zone he has out, that 5X zone. And uh, I, I I think he's going to play great. I mean, as long as his foot is healed. I'm assuming it is healed at Here's this point. The, he's played with some lower back injuries uh, and not really had it mess up his game. Well, guess what? You just get old. Sometimes, at some point, it does. I'm not to say that he's old. But no. Wear and tear takes, you know. Takes its toll. Yeah, if you're playing injured, you're putting more wear on your body than if you let yourself heal and then 
It, however, and not to say that disc golf is a low-impact sport, Brody Smith can't play ultimate, but he's found he can play disc golf. Yeah, that is pretty interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised that he can put the pressure on his knee planting. I mean, I guess it's less pressure, you know, because you, you, know, you spin around on your, your heel. It's less but running. It's, still it's less running. It's less of the... Less the, impact. The high-speed stop-turn, you know. Yeah. And again, disc golf isn't about power. Yeah, it's about form. It's about form. And he does have good form already. He knows how to throw a disc already. It's just a different... The disc is just going to perform differently. He already knows how to get maximum torque on it. Yeah. Right? He knows the, the... He's got the muscle memory for the flick. Yeah. You know, it's just a matter of retuning it a little bit. And he's been retuning it with who? Paul McBeth. Probably the best swing coach if disc golf had a swing coach. I also saw he was uh, training with Emerson Keith as well. Oh, that dude. Ain't, listen, as a father, <clears throat> let me just say... Either his wife is amazingly incredible or that dude is just amazing himself. To be able to play so much disc golf and like the first year of your kid's life, they're they're awake all the time, they're crying, you're sleep deprived. Like I'm surprised he's not like throwing discs in the grocery store and like, oh, I'm not in the field? My bad, right? Like getting through that first year is tough. His kid's only like five months old, right? Little girl, pretty little girl, beautiful little child. She's almost as tall as him. Yeah. <laughs> That's, again, a joke. <laughs> Emerson Keith is at least three times taller than his baby. <laughs> That's, I'm sure. At least. It could be like 15 times, you know, but like at least three. So I'm not wrong. Why are trees? Why aren't trees? Because they are. Because they are. Obviously. <laughs> God, and I didn't even have to think about that. <laughs> but that's the thing about facts. When they're right, they're facts. <laughs> when they're not. What's that one about putting? About putting? Yeah. Oh, it's really easy. This is wisdom right here. Wisdom. Guys. Gold. Listen, get out your pen. I'll wait a second. Get your paper. You're going to want to write this down. It's real easy to miss a putt, but it's a lot harder to make it. <laughs> write that down. <laughs> Save yourself strokes. <laughs> With that one key. Here, listen. Another one that I've got. This is beautiful. For those of you that want to throw further, here's the thing. You just grab your disc. And when you're going to run up to the pad and you're going to like throw like 250 feet, instead of doing that, you just throw it further. <laughs> I've just improved your game. Anyways. All right, guys. This has been Josh and Alex. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed, please like and subscribe. You can also leave a review on iTunes or however you found this. Um, until next week, go play some GD Disc Golf. And feel free to leave us a comment if you like. Or questions. Mm -hmm. You can email questions to us. Uh, they're on our page, or there are the link to our emails on our page. You can email us questions that we can answer on the next podcast. Uh, thanks for listening. <laughs>